0: what a voice and great musicianship from amy douglas and the industry standard and that is from their great debut release that's called girlfriend and you know we're really in for a treat it's a true honor to have on the other line all the way from a snowy new york city amy douglas so how you doing amy hello so so great to have you on the air and uh you know, well, we're going to have you up very soon to the oh, studio. Oh,
1: man, you know, s- snow and and fever. Withstanding, <laughs> I would be there right now with you. I'm sorry, I can't be. I'd love to reach out and touch you personally.
0: But but you got uh, you got to rest up because, you know, looking at uh, the upcoming shows, you, you're pretty busy with the band. You're coming oh, to Connecticut, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, i I, I got to say that I'm, I'm really blessed that music can take me you know, as far as as to be able to be this busy, because we're still a pretty new band. I mean, there are bands out there that have got you know way more years under their belt, and then for for any band that's trying to do this on their own, you know, to get a good enough tailwind to either create enough momentum to do your own thing or to ride with a music company that's going to promote you heavily and correctly, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know this takes a lot of work.
2: So right, right. to be
1: as new as we are and to be playing this many shows is is, is a blessing. I mean, and, and every day I I look at it as that. But yeah, but, but most specifically, we're going to be in Connecticut on Saturday. We're going to be at Sully's.
0: Yeah, um, I, I hear some great things about Sully's too. A lot of musicians love to play there. H- have you played there before?
1: No, this will uh-huh. be our this this will be our first time playing there. Um, we're a New York City band. I mean, and the funny thing about being a New York City band up until very recently is that I really only played in New York City, uh-huh. um, which is probably not the wisest thing in the world um, because you can't always build as much of a following as you probably think you might be able to by playing in your backyard all the time. And it's great to stretch out, I'm and really, I'm really glad to be there. Yeah, I've looked at the roster of the, uh, the Cats who have run through Sully's, and there's some impressive names there. So I'm very excited.
0: So, so Amy, I gotta cut into it and make it official that uh, we're listening to WVOF eighty-eight point five in Fairfield, Connecticut. It's top of the hour, five o'clock, and we're with you till eight o'clock. The upper room with Joe Kelly, and uh, you know you're talking about a relatively new band. Um, I know you've been working with uh, some of the folks. How how'd you put the band together specifically? Oh boy! And what's been going on lately with the band? Oh my! Uh-oh! <laughs> this is a, this is gonna be a long one, right?
1: Oh. <laughs> The, the, this is this is going to be the middle chapter of the book on probably what will become the big chapter on the book, the big book itself rather.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, this band started technically in my in my own mind probably about seven years ago, and then it became fruition through a series of mishaps, if you will. Um, but the mishaps have led me to a good place. Um, I met. A gentleman named Chris Vega, who is an outstanding musician and a, and a great bass player, and we started writing songs together and we kind of unsuccessfully tried to put together like three groups to get that music started. One thing I'll tell you about New York City putting an original band together where you know cats don't want to get like paid for every like breath they take and you know fifty dollars to find a comfortable studio chair to sit in and all of that because there are cats out here who, who blaze hard enough where they can, they can demand that kind of money. Mm-hmm. So if you're really looking to make great music, which you have you know, the acuity to do, it's very hard to put a band together. And we kind of unsuccessfully tried three times, and it tore a whole lot of stuff apart. And de- dealing with street-level management because you don't have a name to be able to get anything done with... Finally, I I think I got into kind of like monster mode, and I just started gritting my teeth really hard, and my attitude became, if this is really going to be mine, and I have to do the most work, I'm going to do the most work, and I'm going to do things my way. And the one thing that I definitely wanted to be able to do was to play more shows. So I knew it was time to get out of New York and try to play out of New York, and by finding a really... I, I work right now with a gentleman named Phil Simon who is a booking agent out of Simon Says Entertainment. And there are some other really amazing bands on his roster. He he promotes Ulu and A440 and Uncle Sammy and Psychedelic Breakfast. And
0: oh, A440 played live on my show here. They're yeah, a great yeah, band, A440. Yeah,
2: cool.
1: And he also does Love Jones. I mean, he, he's, he does some really good bands. And, you know, I essentially on my knees, you know, with nothing more than like my, my pride intact, no matter what would happen. And, and knowing that I finally had at least a good CD representation of all of my music, I just decided it's got to start with a really good booking agent, you mm-hmm. know, cause we had a book, we had somebody who was kind of helping us out with our bookings right? and in all due fairness, she's an amazing lady. Um, and, but But the problem is is that unless you're working with somebody who's reputable it's it, it's it's almost like a band dealing with a venue it 's okay. like you're establishing a relationship, and that's very hard and I, by the way, this is not to say that I would tell any band starting out that you shouldn't be doing that. you should be doing that whether you have a booking agent or not um, but I knew it would start with a booking agent, and I was very blessed you know that Phil decided he wanted to work with us and he, you know, has been sort of the person who's been getting us out there, and I knew I had to get out there, and I knew I had to find mediums by which to find people out of New York City. Which it just seems like, when you live in New York City, you think you live in the center of the universe, and that anything out of New York City is immaterial, and that's a bad way to think, especially if you're a musician. So,
2: my I, I'm
0: oh, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: Oh, and, But the other thing that I, I definitely decided I wanted to do, and this is more important, um, was to change the sound a little bit, because when when, when a data started, uh, and incidentally, we call ourselves a data, we think of ourselves more of, as a band, okay. even though it stands for Amy Douglas and the Industry Standard, but we're a I,
0: I was going to let you say, because I, I didn't want to mess up the pronunciation. So. No, sorry. A yeah. well,
1: daddis. Oh, that's easy. A which confuses everybody. And we're coming up with a really groovy, kind of like hip urban logo. You know, because we put it out on the stream. People have been like, a What's in a datus? You know, is uh-huh. it like an ADAT? Adidas? You know, it's a combination. But we call ourselves a Um I wanted to change the sound a little. When we started, the material definitely was pop, and and it always will be pop. I write pop songs. I think it's important to write pop songs. As a writer, I just think you grab more people if you put a lot of time into your songwriting, which is something that I don't see a lot of bands doing right now. Your songwriting's got to be tight. It has to reach people on kind of a core. I think people need to study composition and songwriting every bit as much as they need to study their acts. I mean, that's right off the bat. But it was more funk. I mean, I would have said that a Datus originally... Was a funk band that rocked, whereas I think that the Adatus of Now is definitely a funky ass rock band. But we rock. I mean, mm-hmm. the music is going in definitely more of a rock Zeppelin y direction. Like Zeppelin. Like it, like if you could take Chaka Khan and Rufus and marry it with Zeppelin, that's exactly where it's kind of going. It's still funky as hell. I mean, mm-hmm. and when we and we do still play, you know, a lot of the songs on the CD and the repertoire, you know, live. But it's definitely starting to rock a lot more. We do a sick cover of Trampled Underfoot.
2: Oh, okay.
1: We kind of make it, and this was at the recommendation of our, our new guitarist, whose name is Alshiva, and that's his name. He just goes by Alshiva. He's really cool. He's very funky. He's a nice guy. Everybody hey. will like him. He's very good-looking, ladies who are listening, come to the <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> so, so our listeners out there uh checking us out at WVOF, whether online at wvof.org or in their cars or in the homes today. Uh, my guest is Amy Douglas from uh Adatus and there you, <laughs> you can go see I got it right. You did it, baby. Um amydouglasonline.com is where you can
1: Oh, actually? Okay. You can still go to www.amydouglasonline.com, but actually the new official URL is www. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. It's up right now?
1: It's up right now. If you go to Adatus Music, it's going to take you to the same place. The website's going to get a little scrapped down. Um, it's going, to, And not to say that it's going to be you know, ugly and nobody will want to see it. It's just going to get a little bit scrapped down while it's under construction because it's going to go under construction. Okay. We have a lot of changes. It's a whole new band. <laughs> it's a, like an entire new band.
0: But um, you can get the CDs on there. You can get them. Uh, they're available, yeah?
1: Absolutely. You can get the CD there. You can also, this is important. I don't, I don't know if we remember to tell you this. That song, Ice Coughing?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Feeding,
1: it's number one on the Soul R&B charts on GarageBand.com right now. Wow. And that's major. That's like out of 11,000 entries, we're number one. So I'm so blessed. Everybody should go to www.GarageBand.com, and if you go and you click on Soul R&B, there we are.
2: You know, yeah. number
1: one on the charts. Hopefully soon you'll be seeing us number one on the rock charts, too. But, um, you know, that's that's very cool. We're yeah. we're we're, to, we're totally blessed for that. And also you can buy a CD at com slash adatus.
0: Yeah, that's a nice outlet for indie artists as well. I love yeah. CD Baby. Yeah. CD
1: Baby is amazing. It's like, no offense meant new bands. MP3 is nice, but they don't really help you. Not right. as much as they say they do. They don't. They don't help you. I would I would recommend that every new band out there go register your music on garageband.com. Link your page. It's run by CD Baby. And let me tell you something. It's also run by some really famous producers like Sir George Martin, Matthew Wilder. Jerry
0: Harrison, right? Jerry Harrison. Yeah. I
1: mean, a lot of amazing producers are involved with that, so...
0: And plus, they don't take the majority of the the CD from when you make a sale, so that's right. cool. Yeah,
1: it's it's awesome. CD Baby are incredible. They've been really good to my band, so I will always give love to CD Baby. They've been excellent to my band.
0: All right, you spoke on Ice Coffee, so we're we're gonna get. I I, I guess you know we're not really uh, counting down the charts today, but we're gonna say that it's official. Adatus has uh, the number one Funkin R and B song on mp oh excuse me
2: garageband.com Uh-oh.
0: maybe if you were in the studio i'd take one upside the head on that one right? no it's okay <laughs> we, we it's not yeah. that we
1: don't like mp3 right right we like mp3 i mean just kind of like yeah. the way I, I, we like mp3 it's just i think the garage band inv- inadvertently does more for the artist
0: right no i i agree I, I definitely support that so uh this is on garageband.com the number one on the funk and r&b charts and this is a- all right, and it's official right now. That song is currently the number one song on GarageBand.com, the funk R&B category. But as uh, we know, Adatus featuring Amy Douglas can rock the house, right? Oh,
1: man. The funny thing is when we play iced coffee live, especially in the context of what the music is kind of becoming, it really is much more effective because when you've heard like a lot of loud guitar and then you hear something slinky and, you know, kind of sexy like that, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's worth it at that point. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that Adatus, even though we are becoming a rock band, we're we're all from New York. So, being kind of of an urban environment is it's very much a part of our reality. Everybody in our band is kind of like multi-ethnic culturally. we
2: mm-hmm.
1: We've got, you know, our our guitarist is, you know, Latin American, he's Puerto Rican. And our drummer is African American and our our keyboard player is like Scandinavian American. <laughs> and I am just a, you know, funky jewish spanish mix
0: <laughs> so, so there's a little everything in the band yeah, yeah they're, they're, right. there's
1: just like a little bit of everything in this band and that means that we all grew up listening to hip-hop as much as we grew up listening to like classic rock radio as much as you know and i mean i think each and every one of us when when we talk because we're also kind of different ages um, we're all young but we're all like either a few years behind or a few years ahead so it makes it makes generational talking very interesting amongst us And it's so cool, like, when people talk about funk. Like, when did the funk really enter your life? You know, and everybody's got a different story to tell. Mm. Everybody's like, well, for me, I kind of found it later, but always knew I kind of had it in my soul. That kind of a thing. And some people say, you know, it's been with me since I was a child. It's been with me since I was a child. I mean, I, I have to say that the greatest thing about my family and my musical upbringing is that I had two parents who were incredibly musical incredibly musical musical and into music in a big way going to concerts buying records i mean just huge my mom's taste in particular in music is phenomenal my mom has no crap in her record collection my mom likes the beatles my mom likes the stones my mom likes hendrix my mom loves carol king james taylor crosby stills and nash Aretha, and that's the thing the black music and that experience that comes through my mom because to be honest with you the most records my mom has in her collection are all stacks and motown she just can sing every freaking word to every wilson Pickett song that's been like ever written and otis redding and sam cook these were like her gods james brown little richard chuck berry i mean just aretha you know being raised on aretha the greatest tradition I can remember of my earliest childhood was that on Saturday mornings, my mom would go and, like,
2: get her hair done.
1: And she had long hair at this point, so I had no idea what they were doing, but she went and got it done. Right. Because my mom had some long-ass hippie hair when I was a little girl. And she'd come home, and we watched Soul Train. Oh, yeah. And it was like the shiznits.
0: Right. I, yeah.
1: mean, I mean, being a little girl and being exposed to Soul Train... Showed me everything I, w- showed me half of everything I wanted to be as a singer. Mm-hmm. Because on Soul Train, you had three elements. You had the best music just the world could ever offer. We'll just get that off the top. You were not seeing any crap on Soul Train. I mean, if, from one week to the next, it was another high. I mean, just one week it's Palm and Funkadelic, next week it's Earth, Wind, and Fire, next week it's the Commodores, the Chi the, to- what the toasters the meters got everybody's been on soul train david bowie and elton john were on soul train you know it's not crap then the second element is that everyone dressed the bomb on soul train oh my god i wa- i tell everybody this there was two things about there was the afro commercials and the posner right. lipstick commercials That's where right. natalie cole was pushing that lipstick that had the lip gloss on one side and the dark purple lipstick i wanted that i was 5 <laughs> I was like I need to have that so I can look beautiful like Natalie Cole. I mean just it was just and of course on Soul Train I saw one of the vocalists that would change my life forever. And when anybody ever asks me who influenced me as a as a vocalist, we're not we're not really speaking so much who influenced me as a musician or a songwriter. But who influenced me as a vocalist, there are there are three major four major people. And one of them is Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan changed my freaking life. I mean, seeing Chaka Khan on Soul Train as a little girl, the first thing that I thought to myself was, there is never going to be a more beautiful woman than this woman ever. Mm -hmm. Nobody will ever be sexier. Nobody could ever be more on fire. Her name means fire in African. I mean, nobody could ever be more like this than her. She was ablaze with the big hair. And at the time, she she was, you know, she was thick, but she was thinner. And she was rocking some funky clothes and singing the most unyielding and hip. That was the thing. Chaka took, you know, the power and the conviction of somebody like Aretha or someone like Patti LaBelle, but she was way hipper. You know, she had a jazz thing going on, so she could do things with her voice that, that came across more musical. And, and just sex. I mean, she just exuded a sexuality and a rawness that, oh, man, she was a rock star to me. I mean, just she still is. Chaka Khan is still the baddest oh, yeah. ever, ever to walk the planet Earth to me. So when everybody comes up to me and asks me, was Janice a big influence on me, my answer to them is, Absolutely. Janice Joplin was an influence on everyone. Janice was the, br- was the bravest white woman that ever walked the face of the earth. You know, she gave, a gu- she was gutsy, she had conviction, she, she was colorless, she had a colorless soul. You know, all you felt with Janice was, was her pain and her conviction and her righteousness and her ballsiness. But vocally, Chaka was way bigger an influence on me. I mean, she just, she, she just drove me wild. I mean, I just wanted to be her. Another big influence on me vocally is Robert Plant. Because, like I said, Soul Train gave me half of what I wanted to be. But rock and roll, you know, was the other half. And gratefully, I had a household full of that, too. And Zeppelin just...
0: That's from your pop side? What? That's from your father's side?
1: No, No, actually, my father gave me... The, the blessing and the curse of becoming a jazz musician. My right. dad loved jazz. Mm-hmm. My dad loved jazz. My dad loved Monk and Wayne Shorter and Herbie Hancock and you know he was a dr- he played drums. He was I would not say that my father was necessarily a great drummer, but my dad could play the drums. And I guess being a drummer, he knew that the hippest cats you were going to hear were on jazz recordings. And it was you know it was the 50s and the 60s, and he was from New York City. He could go you know to Basin Street East or any of the great clubs like the Cafe Bohemia or the places in the Ville, you know, the Gate, go to the Village Gate or the Vanguard, and hear these giants, you know. So, no, don't get me wrong. I, I have a degree in jazz studies from New York University.
2: Really? I,
1: I, I at one point, really thought I was going to wind up being a, j- a jazz musician. So, the third, like I was going to actually tell you, the, the third big influence on me vocally is Sarah Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Sarah just... Sarah's the baddest jazz singer. I mean, Ella's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I have as many Ella records as I do Sarah records, and I love them, but there was just a little thing that Sarah Vaughn had to her that just turned my head real hard and, you know, made me want to be a jazz singer. And I think having gone through the jazz experience and really studying music, it brought just a whole new dimension of what I could do as a, as a pop songwriter. And I am i don't regret... I'm probably the only lame brain who actually finished music school. <laughs> I actually graduated. I didn't, like... I didn't pull, like, a Miles right. or a Chick Corea and, like, bail. I should have bailed. Because music school, quite frankly, in some ways is great, and in some ways is the biggest, most ridiculous waste of time you will ever, ever do.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm
1: really glad that I have, you know, a, a, a stronger grasp on the knowledge of how music te- technically works, but... You know, music is always better when you're playing it, not talking and thinking
0: about it. Did you uh, live on campus there? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, I went to NYU for a semester and lived there. And uh, two people got murdered in our dormitory back. Oh yeah, yeah man. Back in, mean, in '82, it was uh. Oh, Wein- you were in
1: '82. Yeah,
0: Weinstein. Uh, Weinstein. University, oh my, own University, university place, place
1: where they put all the freshmen. Right. Yeah. That they're, place they're is a
0: hellhole. Was, oh, it was terrible. <laughs>
1: place is a fuck It's yeah. a freaking hellhole. I almost caught myself
0: right. <laughs> that place
1: that, that, that place is a hellhole. That's where they put all the freshmen. Right. And and to be honest with you, if I was gonna study music again I wouldn't have studied it at NYU but I had a philosophy. See I wanted to study in the city thinking it would generate my interest to put a band together. And then I had to do so good in my classes that I couldn't put a band together. Right. So I jammed when I could, I went to the jazz jam at Visiones and I did like a lot of stuff while I was in the city. I had a jazz trio, and I got so fed up also with being a chick and having to book my own jazz gigs. Let me tell you something: club owners are notorious, but none are more notorious than jazz club owners. I mean, I've never seen a level of chauvinism like this. So,
2: if you're if you're walking
1: in the door on your own,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it gets ugly. It gets it gets very ugly. So, I would, I wouldn't. I mean, I would do no differently, but. Then from the jazz thing, I decided, well, I don't really want to do the jazz thing anymore. I kind of want to do something cooler than that. And I think funk, like I, I've been singing funky stuff since I was in high school. Like, I sang funk tunes and funk bands in high school, and even in even when I was at school, you know, like just to loosen up the collar, like pop the collar a little bit. You know, I mean, we'd we'd like before. Getting into our heavy bebop mode. We, we'd, we'd funk around, and it was great, but it never became anything pursuant. So from there, I really said, I'm going to put a funk band together. And then, unfortunately, I guess, you know what it is? As a musician and as a songwriter, and especially as a performer, I guess I'm greedy enough that I think i got to have it all, and I want it all. So there was this little rock chick in me that really wanted Aurora ahead, especially considering that. I never feel, I, 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 even even singing my own music, the only experiences that I could ever really, say, compete with the joy of singing my own music played really well are getting up on stage and just completely kicking through a Zeppelin song. Oh, my God. The satisfaction of that. Right. Especially played well. I mean, I to this day, I, I'm going to tell Robert Plant the day I meet him, I love you. You've changed my life. You've, you've completely changed my life. To a point that I can't even describe, and I will worship you until the day I die, but the truth is, I really wanted your goddamn job, (laughs)
0: because
1: I wanted to stand next to Jimmy Page. Oh, my God.
0: Hey, there's still time for that.
1: Oh, was there ever a creature on Earth put on this Earth more mystically sexy than Jimmy Page? I mean, oh, my God, as a little girl. That that changed everything. It's like, I think when you're a little girl, you you start to make definitions about sections of men. And when I looked at Jimmy Page, I thought rock god. You know that that's a rock god. Hendrix was more than a rock god because he was part prophet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was something. Of course, you know all the women that went to bed with him. Well, no, they probably thought he was pretty prophetic too. <laughs> By the time that was over, but there's something there's that it's like that bob marley thing it's like you're so beautiful and anointed by god i can't touch you i can't you know yeah. it's like stevie wonder how can you have sex with stevie wonder he belongs to god
0: i just played stevie wonder before i called you up. Yeah, oh. so.
1: stevie wonder yeah. is a child of god right stevie wonder is if if, if, if music has a level of angels and, and in its relationship to God who created music, or whatever God created music. You know, sitting at the feet of, of the holiest aperture is Stevie Wonder, and Bob Marley, and Jimi Hendrix, and John Coltrane. You know, these people
0: are. So our listeners, uh, Amy Douglas is our special guest here on The Upper Room, and uh, let's see, how about, how about another track off uh, Amy Douglas and the Industry Standard at Datis? Mm. You are on tour right now, the Funky Superstar Tour.
1: Yeah, the Funky Superstar Tour. This, this is yeah. a good segue to play Funky
0: Superstar Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> I got <laughs> it all up, right?
1: No doubt. So, and, and and we're stopping off on our tour this Saturday at Sully's Pub in Connecticut.
0: And that's only uh, an hour away from here north uh, yeah, that's in Hartford.
1: That's on um, Park Street, actually. Right,
0: 2053 Park Street. Park Street. Street. And then uh, Thursday night at Tobacco Road.
1: Oh, man, that yeah. show is going to be off the chain. We're opening up, actually, for Peter Prince and the Trauma Unit. Okay. Um, or I'd like to say we're sharing the bill. It, it, it's it's, it's, it's going to be a killing night. I'm really excited because we're actually going to be playing with two guitarists that night. So we're going to be playing with Eddie Alcina, who, go, who goes by Alshiva. I'm sorry. Sorry, Eddie. Alshiva. And we're also going to be playing with a really blazing guitarist named Joe Tadaro. So it's going to be like double guitars. It's going to be almost too much guitar.
0: Hey, nothing d- wrong with that. Oh, man, yeah. I can't wait. And uh, also looking ahead, February 20th with uh, Nick Clemens, who's uh, Clarence Clemens' son at Jimmy's. Yeah, he's got
1: a slamming band. Tape.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, I was talking he's about He's got a killing
1: band. Nick's an amazing performer. Nick's got too much energy. <laughs> if 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 it could almost be said that, like, Somebody could, like, jump out of their own skin every time they perform. Nick could do it. Nick Blazes. I love Nick. He's a wonderful guy.
0: So all this info and the bio and ordering, especially ordering the CD, is available at uh, adatismusic.com, A-D-A-T-I-S, music.com, and also cdbaby.com, and head on over to garageband.com and and click on the Funk R&B section, and number one is Ice coffee. And uh, we'll get into Funky Superstar. and, And you still got some time?
2: Oh please!
1: I got all night, baby.
0: Okay, so we'll <laughs> be back with uh, Amy Douglas, iced coffee from Adatus. Amy Douglas, will be back in just a few moments. You betcha. All right, and my apologies to our audience, especially to Amy Douglas. You know that we're trying to cue you up for the interview segment there, but uh, we have all new studios and new equipment here, and I'm not working the the telephone lines as good as I should.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have a uh, I have a tendency to make people
0: nervous. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just so, so we got I'm TV cameras here, too. So when you come come up next time, uh, it's broadcasting all over the TV sets around. It's based out of a university here. Oh, fabulous. And also uh, online, uh, there's plans to Tell do that. that
1: university, we'd love to come and play yeah. directly to them.
0: That's right. And um, you, you're going to be about an hour away from the studios here on Saturday night. Yep. In uh, Hartford, Connecticut, but you, you, you have some ties and some people, you musicians here. Actually,
1: I was I was going to say that. Um, ironically, the the great state of Connecticut is is responsible for some really happening groups, um, and I do know a couple of musicians from Connecticut. Most notably, I know some musicians who um, were in Deep Banana Blackout. Um, actually, I at one point knew knew well. I knew kind it's weird, I kind of knew them like in some formation um it's it, it it's strange, but i do know in, in uh, they were, they're an amazing band well, just first first and foremost um i know Jen Durkin who is a great singer you know amazing you know that girl's got some of the scariest set-alongs I've ever heard. And she's a great performer. And hopefully I'll, I'll run into her sometime. It seems like we're playing in a lot of the same venues. Right, right. So I'd love to, you know, I'd love to holler at her. Um, I know Fuzz. And Fuzz is ridiculous. Um, Fuzz is an amazing guitarist and a brainiac songwriter. And I feel, I will, I, will, I will just say this. I feel that our time together was cut very short. Um, and I'd love to reach out to Fuzz again because, you know, Fuzz and I had 50 million songs we could have written.
0: So, so Fuzz, if you're out there listening, I know we've got Fuzz, down the road.
1: man, I always <laughs> knew I'd be out your way. <laughs>
0: Give us a holler, or, you know, come down to the studio and get Fuzz in contact. Is a, with Fuzz
1: is a great guy. I, I know him. Um, who else do I know?
0: Yeah, uh, You were talking about The Grapes, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I did a show with The Grapes. Um, okay. The Grapes of Vaudevillian Fantasy, and I performed at a little club that was under-renovation. This is funny.
0: Where was that?
1: We were at the Triad. And it's on 72nd Street, the Triad Theater. And we were we were both supposed to play upstairs. And because they decided to renovate it the week we were booked, we had to wind up playing in the section of the Triad where they would normally only have like a little jazz combo. Oh my god. There is no such animal stronger than the word tight squeeze. And the poor grapes have what like you know an entire tribe of africa on stage with them You know, i mean they got like ten musicians up there like a bongo player and a kazoo player and whatever i thought they were all just they were so sandwiched in and i felt so terrible but they were great and mystic bowie came down hi mystic mystic bowie came down and sang with them so i got to meet mystic that night um we were on we were on before them and it was great you know i mean it was a great weekend it was labor day weekend
0: Oh, okay. So it was pretty recent, right? It was
1: Labor Day weekend yeah. of of two thousand and two. But yeah, I know some Connecticut musicians. Ironically, um, Connecticut's got some some happen. Oh, I know a cat named Jeff Carlson, who actually used to play guitar with us. Mm-hmm. He's a great guitarist. He's um he's out of Hartford. He's a nice guy. He's a very cool guy.
0: So you've also got uh Jimmy Seaside and Stamford. Yeah, lined up. Yeah, we're March playing at
1: Jimmy Seaside. I have never played there either. <laughs> like most of the venues that are on our roster, in fact, I just got some new dates in today mm-hmm. that, I that I that are very exciting. Um, yeah, most, no. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Most of the venues that we're playing at now, like we played a gig at Murray's Inn mm-hmm. on um, last Saturday night
0: in Wilkesboro.
1: In Wilkesbury, okay. yeah. Oh, that's funny. You want to hear funny? If if you really want to laugh. We were, like I said, we're from New York, and I know that a lot of people are going to be like, big deal. No, not big deal. When you're from Queens and Brooklyn, y- you pronounce things wrong. And then even when people tell you the right way to pronounce them, you're pigheaded. You're going to pronounce it wrong because that's your way to do it. The name of the town is, it, is pronounced Wilkesbury. It was founded by two people. We had no idea. You know who we were walking around calling it Wilkes Bar. Oh, okay. So we get off. You know, we get, out of, we get out of our rig and we go and, and we start to hook up in Murray's Inn, which incidentally, shout out to Tom Moran. He is an amazing guy. Murray's Inn is a nice place and they gave us a lot of love and it's a nice place to play. And poor Tom had a horrible head cold, which we hope he is feeling much better. He's a sweetheart. And we had a good time. That was the first time we ever played there. All of these are like the first time we ever played there we can, it's not the first time we've ever played at Tobacco Road. Tobacco. this will be, you know, I don't know, like the fourth or fifth time we played there. It's it's that's like our favorite place to play in New York. That is absolutely a great place.
0: Well, what makes it the sound or the people or management? The vibe. Yeah, the the vibe. vibe, yeah.
1: The vibe yeah. at Tobacco Road. Well, this is the thing. I mean, being and I was going to say like I was saying before that we we're we're kind of an urban band. We're urban and it kind of gives us leeway to perform at different types of venues like we perform there but we'll also perform at like the brooklyn academy of music or we'll get down on like some hip-hop show
2: mm-hmm. like we
1: played in harlem you know, done like little hip-hop shows and like we're, we're totally down with doing that we we believe that you know urban music and urban rock and all of that it's intertwined you know it, it, it connects you so we'll we'll play anywhere that'll give us a freaking stage at this point um and we're we're down with doing that, but with tobacco road, and I think that's how we got connected to some of these other venues through kind of what people call this this jam band kind of a thing, which is ironic because we're we're not a jam band we're a pop band, and it's it's and I think that was probably what was attractive to a lot of these venues where we're playing. is is that the thing about Tobacco Road that makes it so great is the vibe. It's just, it's a lot like Murray's. It's kind of got that relaxed atmosphere. People are there to hear music. People, this is the problem with New York City. New York City's venues downtown, a lot of them cater to one sound, which is like an indie rock sound. You know, if you play anything that isn't kind of indie rock, there's not much home for you downtown. Mm-hmm. And most of the music venues are downtown. And even though we play a lot downtown, like we, we're we going to be playing at SOBs, and we're going to be playing, where else do we play downtown? We play a lot downtown in the city. And it's cool. And we love doing that. Um, we've, we we ha- I can tell you that in the past we've done like New Eureka Poets Cafe. I mean, we, we we're fine with it. But we're not an indie rock band. We don't have that, you know, the Strokes or the Vines or the Hives or the White Stripes, whatever, hipster rock, you know, thing that they got going on down there. We played at Don Hills, you know, but we don't don't really do that indie rock thing. The thing about Tobacco Road is it kind of reminds me of, like, the kind of place you maybe have gone to see bands in the 60s and 70s. It's got that real hippie, crunchy thing going on. They got a dog that just like walks around huh. the club. It's it's cool. I mean, we really like it there, and also we love we like we like the guys who run that place. We love Dave and Damien and the girls in THG, Juliet and Casey. God bless their hearts.
0: So, how about uh, traveling as a band? How, uh, a road trip with the band? How does that go? What do you guys listen to uh, driving around?
1: Ah. You ask the good questions, Joe. You ah. ask the questions that musicians would want to know. Right, right. I love that about you already. Well, actually, I can tell you exactly what we've been listening I will give you the entire breakdown of what we listened to on our last two road trips. Okay. Listening to a lot of Fela right now. Um, if, if I don't know how, are you familiar with Fela? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fela is, for all those who are not familiar with him, another one of those who were anointed by God. He is the sexiest man alive, and one of the greatest musicians. Well, he, he was one of the sexiest men alive. He's unfortunately deceased.
0: But You're going to make Jimmy Page jealous.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> Jimmy, you, you remember, I, I can't sleep with the ones anointed by God. Right, right. Anointed by God. Jimmy is pretty close to anointed by God, but he has enough of a humane... He also might have been a little anointed by Satan. So, I mean, so the wickedness of Jimmy Page makes him okay to have sex with Jimmy Page is, oh, please. I could go on a diatribe about Jimmy Page, but I want to tell you what we've been listening to on our, on our road trips. A lot of Fela, Afrobeat is great for musicians to get into. If you're not into Afrobeat, get into it any way you can because Afrobeat is all about layers, and it's all about arrangements, and it's all about modality, and it's all about rhythm. and those are And it's also just about... Not so much improvisation, but the concept that you can just lock into a mode. If, you're, if you play funk of any kind, mm-hmm. you should be having a steady diet of Afrobeat. These people would jam on the one and drive it into your subconscious. I mean, if it weren't for Afrobeat music, you know, you could never have a Parliament Funkadelic or James Brown. So go to the mother source and listen to it. It's, it's really important. Fela, Antibas. Any Afrobeat, but Phelan in particular had a great voice. You know, he was an extremely radical guy. He made Bob Marley look like Martin Luther King. This guy was the deal. (laughs) You know, he was getting beaten every day and going to jail. Um, We've been listening to him a lot. We've been listening to some some hip hop. I mean, we've been listening. Who've been listening to The Roots? Um, Who've been listening? We also we always kind of pull out some Tribe Called Quest. Uh-huh. Listening
0: to I heard, oh, I heard they might be getting back together. I know. Yeah, oh, if right. they
1: get back together, I will be front row with my shirt off. I'd be so excited. I, I just I love Tribe Called Quest. They are the they are the they are the real reason I started to buy hip hop records instead of singles. They are them and Public Enemy mm-hmm. um, were were the reasons, but Tribe Tribe made hip hop music exactly what I just said. Music. They were creating their own language of music. So, you know, hip-hop needs to go back and do that again. I, I listen to very little recent hip-hop. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of crap now. It's become commodity. It's not about music anymore. It's not about message anymore.
0: Okay, so we're going to flash back to your commentary on the Soul Train. How about today's Soul Train? you ever catch it? <sighs>
1: I wasn't done telling you what we've been listening to on oh, our road. Oh, okay. Trips. Oh, sorry. And that's that. way more interesting yeah. than today's Yeah. Right, thing. right. That's true. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, no, I'm but what it. else have you been listening to? Um, the Beatles. Steady okay. Diets of the Beatles. Um, steady. Essentially, we've been listening to like Fela, the Beatles, Hendrix, hip-hop. Oh, um, we sometimes we listen to straight-up blues. I mean, we listen to like Elmore James or um, Helen Wolf from Muddy Waters. And... When we feel the need, sometimes we just put on some Billie Holiday. I mean, we we keep it pretty much at those levels. Ironically, when we're traveling, we don't crank the music real loud. Probably because when we get on stage, we crank the music real loud.
2: Uh-huh.
1: When we get off stage, we want to change the vibe. You know, and I think changing the vibe keeps you healthy. But if today's Soul Train, I mean... Um,
0: just isn't happening. I, at least I'm not feeling it, but...
1: But the problem is I'm uh, this this is gonna come off like the statement that's gonna have people like threaten to bomb your radio station, but I'm a revolutionary so I'll take that chance. Black music overall today, I'm not saying that all black music, but particularly R and B music today is really just
0: I don't know. Subpar to be nice.
1: <laughs> um it's not R&B music that I remember right, right. or more importantly I'll tell you what really angers me you got some really talented artists right now that I just hope dominate the world right now like I mean I really love Jill Scott I think she rocks I love her she's incredible and I like Indy Ari and I like Erica Badu I mean I like a lot of artists out there right now what the hell is this term neo soul oh my god that is horrible why can't we just say it's soul music it's soul music right right the fact what the fact that what it's so many years later makes it a neo when did soul music stop soul music never should have stopped right
0: kind of kind of pins D'Angelo into like a corner on what he's got to sound like on every record i guess i love yeah. deangelo yeah
1: that's another man now that's another man i would like to have sex with i'm sorry to admit it on air but D'Angelo is fine oh he's gorgeous
0: how about, um, you know, I, I noticed some of the, the music. You ha- also, we should mention the, the live CD. Yeah. Which is, which is available, and that, that's And really that was nice recorded well. at
1: Tobacco Road.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. That Got it right rec- here.
1: That was recorded. Back at
0: uh, July 31st.
1: July 31st. And that was, I think, believe it or not, that was the first of the second time we ever played there. And we knew it would not be the last.
0: So, so one of my favorite songs included on there was uh, Hair. By uh, Graham Central Station. Uh, Larry was a guest um, about a year ago. Oh, my God. I
1: I wanted to say that. Larry Graham is God. Larry Graham is a godly, godly, godly man. And if it were not for Larry Graham, nobody would be slapping on that bass. Nobody would be thumping on it. And if somebody thumped before Larry, he did not make himself known to me. Larry Graham changed the way people play electric
2: bass.
0: So you, you, I be on a radio yeah.
1: show where you had him as a guest, I feel
2: indubitably
0: honored. No, no, you, you're, you're in the same, same company, so um, I'm glad to have you both on. Same. But i, I got to tell you something real quickly interesting about what Larry said. I asked him, does he practice the bass every day? And he said, uh, he actually said this, he said, when you create your own style, you don't have to practice it. Which, mm. I don't know, I guess the, the style, of, you know, plucking the bass and stuff like that.
1: I, I definitely think that there's, well, I, I think I, let me put you this way. I don't know if I, I think I knew what he, I think I know what he meant by that. I think that, like, for example, if somebody asked me, do you practice singing every day? And I usually answer, I kind of walk around and holler a few things.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But I don't necessarily, like, stand there every day in a mirror and sing my songs. Uh, what I do every day is try to write something. I sit down at my piano and I I'm a piano player. That's me playing keys
2: on right, that That's day. right.
1: Um, so... I don't always play on stage. I kind of, kind of share that duty with Mark Thors, who is a phenomenal keyboard player, and I kind of get, you know, I get by. (laughs) But I mean, this guy's like blazing
2: souls. So, so
0: actually singing while you're playing piano, um, what's what goes through in your mind, and what actually happens when you're doing that instead of just, you know, standing up and kicking it
1: out. Right. When you're standing up and kicking it out. This is this is a funny thing. When you're standing up and kicking it out, there is nothing between you and the audience. So if you can't reach them with your performing skills, you're dead weight. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's way more ballsy and way more existential to stand out in front and kick it out. I always feel like when I'm sitting behind the keyboards and singing, there's a protective layer around me. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? It's uh-huh. like, well, I'm kind of hiding here now, so. If my pants have been fitting too tight through this whole show, I could sit down now and not think about it for a minute. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Actually, it's it's a different mode for me. I mean, when I'm playing and singing, I feel like I'm communicating maybe the song a little harder, Mm -hmm. um, especially considering that I was sitting there singing it and playing it as I wrote it. So it's a more compositional kind of an aspect towards what I'm trying to get across maybe to an audience um, until you ask me to take a piano song. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: and then i'm like god help me i just want to get through this solo mark could do this so much better than i can why did i agree to sing this and play this oh darn you and drat you mark that's what i'm usually thinking but um i enjoy both i i think that actually um somebody recently came to a show and put it best, and they said that when we have the money for a really big stage show, they can see me evolving into kind of like a funky Freddie Mercury. (laughs) And that was the greatest compliment anybody ever gave me because Freddie is another godly one, isn't he? With his astonishing voice and musicianship, and he he could play that piano. And that was what you went to see Queen to do. Like, sometimes he'd be sitting down and being, like, maestro behind the piano and being, like, Mozart, you know? And then he'd get on stage, and he'd kick it out. I mean, he could kick it out. Oh, I loved Freddie. Oh, I miss him so badly. That was a great loss. One so, of many.
0: So if you just tuned in, Amy Douglas from Adatus, uh, which is an uh, abbreviation for Amy Douglas and the Industry standard and uh we should give our listeners oh we should let them know that this interview will be airing uh within the next couple of weeks for three nights three days three nights on the other outlet i have a 24-hour station so if you want to get in touch and get the press release and everything for that you can email me at eastwestdj at com. so we'll, if you missed out digging the interview and the music you, you can uh, listen again uh at your convenience uh Sully's this Saturday night, Hartford, Connecticut, 2053 Park Street, Showtime, 10.30 p.m. Get there early. Bring some extra money for the CDs, which I'm, I'm sure you'd be selling there, right?
1: Oh, my goodness, yes. Right. Whatever left we have.
0: Right, that's right. <laughs> no, number no, one song on GarageBand.com. Buy,
1: buy CDs. The more you buy, the more we can make.
0: Right. <laughs> hey, that, that sums it up right there. So how far is the drive from New York City to Harford? What are you figuring, like About two like hours? two hours. Yeah, two hours. Yeah.
1: Oh, please, if it isn't long, we don't do it. Right. <laughs> but we, no, seriously, I mean, I, I, I know pretty soon we're going to be playing in, in Burlington, Vermont. That's far.
0: Right. Well, my wife's from Montreal, so I'm used to the long drive. So. Wow, right. that's
1: like five and a
0: half hours. Oh, right, that's,
1: yeah. That's, we're not coming home that night. <laughs> yeah, right. I will not. That's the problem is that when you drive two hours, then you play the show, then you're getting out, really. And yeah. then you've got to find your way home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that, but I will
1: say I will say this: finding your way to Hartford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. is a lot simpler than finding your way to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Not
0: is isn't it Wilkes-Barre?
2: <laughs>
1: you got me there.
0: No, yeah, so. I'm just kidding with
1: you. You got me there, right. Joe. You got me.
0: And uh, all this information is available on the new website
1: www dot dot com.
0: Right. And you could sign up for the mailing list there and check out sign the Sign up for
1: the mailing list. Check it all out. Check it all out. Yeah. We just, we got to get some new, my hair is a lot longer. We got to get some new pictures <laughs> very soon. They're yeah, coming.
0: Because you're revamping everything, right?
1: We got, well, we got to like hit it back with a hot, sexy new website, you know?
0: Uh, it's, got, it's got all the info, great picture of you there and, and the band. And Hey, you got the grapes up there. Grapes is a link. I see grapes. The grapes is a link. Yeah, right.
1: The Grapes is a link. I, admittedly, um, and I was saying this, I have not seen them with their new vocalist right. Tara, but I I did see them with Reese and they were fantastic then. I mean, so I'm 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 sure Tara's a great singer.
0: So, are you looking this summer to play some of those festivals? Or are you just gonna, yeah? Yeah.
1: I mean, we'd love to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, anybody who can help us. Right. That, that was we'd love to.
0: And fuzz, Amy Douglas, you got to connect again. Oh it's man, I, I would
1: just love to say hello to him.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, just that would be great. I'd love to just say hi. He's a great guitarist.
0: So, Amy, I gotta really thank you for for stopping by. I know you've been a little under the weather from from traveling. Yes, yeah.
1: I I actually did this entire interview laying in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, for some, I don't know what happened. Like, and it's not just me. Like, two other members of the band, like, all the same thing. We're running fevers, but we have no other symptoms. It's like I'm just suddenly we just ran a fever. Right. I don't know how that happens. That's
0: freaky. Well, just get well. You got two big shows Thursday night at one of your favorite venues. Yeah, Tobacco, tobacco Road. It's going to be uh, awesome. Peter Prince and the Trauma Unit. What, what kind of music do they play?
1: I have no idea. I've okay. never heard them. <laughs> I mean,
0: but, I, but I have. I've actually uh, I've heard of the names, so I know they're, they're out there. Actually,
1: so. I think Eric Kalb from Deep Banana is playing with them. Oh, okay. I think what it is is it's members of Moon Boot Lover and, um, and DBB.
0: Oh, I it. Mixed gotcha. together
1: with this guy Peter Prince.
0: Oh, um, okay. I'm
1: sure it's good. I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to to experience.
0: Right. It. Yeah. Eric Calby. He, he's got like a radio voice. He was on the the, the interview here a couple of years ago. So. I. Yeah.
1: I did not have enough time with Eric. I, I met him very briefly.
0: Right. So uh, this Thursday night, February thirteenth, Tobacco Road, Adatus, Amy Douglas, and the industry standard and then uh, just an hour away from where we broadcast here in Fairfield Connecticut uh up in Hartford Sully's Pub and uh you'll be bringing all the originals and and when you do um some covers what what do you uh, put in there
1: Oh man and this is funny this is this is what's funny about reforming a band under duress or worse still trying to reform a band under a schedule that's already been locked down is you don't have enough time to write new material mm-hmm and you're brushing up new members on the old one, So what do you do? You you put covers in there. We do "Trampled Underfoot" by Led Zeppelin. When we do, um, we do an interesting thing with "Rock Steady" by Aretha Franklin. Oh, we, do, okay. we 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 really push that one out. Um, God, what other covers do we do? We've done a few. Um, I know that we want to actually, and some of these covers we want to keep in our set regardless. Mm-hmm. Like when we have like two-hour sets, we still want to keep Trampled Underfoot in there because we just think, you know, that if Jimmy Page should ever walk through the door, <laughs> so, preferably with Mr. Plant, um, you know, he, he could hear something he could be impressed by. We're so influenced by Zeppelin, everyone in the band. Um, we, I can tell you covers we, we have done. Let's see. We've done um, if six was nine. Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Um, I know that we're working on a really slamming version right now. That I think we're going to keep um, a Voyage to Atlantis by the Isley Brothers. I love the Isley.
0: Brothers. So you got some great taste and. You know, well, this
1: is well, the thing. If oh, uh, we we do this thing sometimes where we do Slipping in the Darkness by War, and we. Imp- well, hang on just one second.
0: Okay. So you're in tune to WVOF 88.5 in Fairfield, Connecticut, and it is 6 o'clock, and this is the upper room with sorry, your Sorry uh, about that, Jeff. Oh, that's okay. I got, I got the station ID right on top of the hour, so it was meant to happen.
1: <laughs> oh, great. Um, what was I saying? Oh, it's 6 is 9, to Atlantis. Um, Golly, we, we've done a lot of covers in our time. I mean, we, we're not afraid to throw them in, but the, the, the trick is don't play a stupid cover. Right. Like don't play a cover that everybody would expect a funky band to play.
0: So so yeah, I mean you have great original music so that that's great that, you know, you're out there doing Well that's those songs. that is the thing. I yeah. think
1: I think that by March and this is good because we're coming into I thought we were gonna be doing like another you know I thought we were gonna be calming down and it seems that the schedule is picking up, so golly gee whiz. Um, <laughs> we have to start writing some music. Um, but we have been writing. We've been writing on the trips, and what's coming out of us is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the songs that are coming out of us are just phenomenal. So, I think by the end of March, audiences are going to be treated to some really heavy new music that they're going to get into.
0: And you got to make it here with the band, and you know, we have bands play here live all the time and on the show here. So, yeah, no. you're welcome to do that.
1: Well, we definitely, we'd love to get on every festival, every opportunity to play anywhere. You know, we'd like to be out there
0: so as, we'll, much, as much as possible. Right. So what, why don't we go out with a... Uh,
1: a bang? That's, a,
0: that's right. We'll go out with a bang from the status. And how about Hit Me?
1: Going out with Hit Me would definitely would definitely be going out with a bang.
0: And how about something from the live CD? Oh,
1: I do believe there's a version of Trampled Underfoot on the live CD.
0: Okay, can you give me the the track number? Do you have oh, it on top of your Jesus head? Oh, Jesus Lord, no. <laughs> oh wait, here I go. Here I go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some homework real quick and and get it up there. Let me see.
1: I hope it doesn't say track one, two, three, four, five, six, seven.
0: No, no, no. No, I'm not sure which track number it is, but
1: yeah, the live CD is hard because yeah. the person who sequenced it was on the drugs at the time. Um. <laughs> the person whoever did this whoever taped it for us was obviously thinking differently let <laughs> me let me just let me just right. put it that way thinking right. think thinking with with tainted brain
0: okay well what I, i'll i'll go with hair and then uh, maybe we'll get into trampled underfoot all right and, and of course for the replay uh 3 days 3 nights uh we'll be mixing on the other outlet here for the upper room and uh you can Email me at eastwestdj at AOL.com. And uh, we'll be also playing more songs off of the two CDs from Adatson, and Amy Douglas. Thank, thanks so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, no, the pleasure was mine. For real, thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope um, you feel better.
1: Oh, thank you yeah. so much. You're sweet. Thank you. I really appreciate you, uh, you giving me the time.
0: So uh, we'll get into it right now, and we'll uh, go out and see... Amy Douglas, whether in New York City this Thursday night at Tobacco Road or Saturday night in Connecticut, Hartford, Connecticut, one hour away from here at Sully's Pub. Thanks, Amy.
2: Thank you so much.